now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on real estate stuff here in Greater Victoria. Whether you are in the market, whether you're thinking of buying or selling, or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's always my pleasure being here for you every week. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria for 30 years. I've handled hundreds of transactions in our fair city, first-time buyers, uh, retirees, investors, uh, the whole gamut. I've helped so many people, and I'd be happy to help you as well, too. I'm so proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada, along with my team. And I would be pleased to help you as well, too. So you can find my contact information and the rest of the Whole Home, sh uh, whole home Show team members on cfax1070.com. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. And all of our contact information is there. Or just reach out to me. I've had a number of our listeners reach out to me just this week looking for contacts and connections. And I love that. That's one of the nice things about our community here in Greater Victoria. It is um, such a lovely town, uh, but also it's great to be well connected and knowing the right people. So reach out to us. We'd be happy to help. This week, my guest is international lawyer and cross-border expert, Lauren Cohen. Lauren is a lawyer practicing both in Ontario and in Florida. We'll be talking about investment options outside of Canada like how Canadians can buy cash flowing properties south of the border, setting up a business for real estate, and also getting an investor visa. Looking forward to this conversation. I met Lauren on a, on a um, conference, an online conference a couple of weeks back. I was just, I was taken by her energy, her knowledge, uh, her passion uh, for this. And I thought this would be a great topic for you, our listeners here. Uh, the reason for this, of course, is people are often asking for investment opportunities. And of course, uh, diversification is always a good thing. You know, aside from your investment real estate here in Greater Victoria or in the Lower Mainland, uh, your stocks and bonds and other investments, uh, looking into investing in other marketplaces, not just the States, by the way, she is an international uh, lawyer. So you'll hear that she helps people from other countries as well, too. Uh, but she is a Canadian. So uh, she is, uh, of course, Canada is near and dear to her heart because she is from the Toronto area. So I'm really looking forward to having a conversation uh, with Laura with you today. Uh, we always uh, love hearing from you listeners. If you have any questions or a story to tell us about your experience in real estate, let us know. Give us a call. 250-414-6540. Uh, make sure you leave a message. Uh, or again, you can find us on cfax1070.com and we'll discuss it on the air. Something that has come up many times this week, and I wanted to bring it up because it is a timely thing. You know, here we are, COVID. I was just about to say the tail end of COVID. Is it the tail end? I hope so. Everyone seems to be pretty happy, including our friends in Ontario, which, you know, 
uh, finally is starting to uh, lighten, lighten up a little bit. Um, something that has come up a lot recently is, yeah, multiple offers. We have bidding wars going on. It seems to be the topic that I'm bringing up at the start of every episode recently, but there's a lot to know, right? And uh, we've had a number of people come up this week and ask if they make an offer on a property that is in a multiple offer situation, you know, if this is where the seller and the seller's realtor is expecting, you know, three, five, 10 offers on a specific day, on a Monday, for instance, they're expecting 10 offers. And uh, the buyers are wondering, will they have a second chance? Will they have the ability, you know, will the seller come back to them and say, no, that's not good enough, uh, give us another price. You see, because that's normally what happens in a regular marketplace. You make an offer, seller doesn't like it. They have a choice to either reject it outright or to counter your offer. And then a conversation happens back and forth. And then hopefully you come to uh, an agreement and all is good. Um, so people often wonder, is that how it works right now in a bidding war multiple offer situation? And the answer is no. And, and I'll tell you why. When there are 10 offers in hand, you think about this. You, you may be one of those 10 offers. You may be hoping that the seller is going to come back to you, you know, with a modification or, or whatnot. But the likelihood is the winning offer, the winning bid is so strong and so far and away, usually from the runner up, from the first runner up, and most definitely maybe from, uh, you know, if you put in an offer that wasn't strong enough, the seller is just simply going to take the strongest and best offer. You know, I've had realtors and I've had uh, buyers say, well, you know, why don't they come back to us? Well, listen, uh, my realtor colleague, it's because your offer was $100,000 below the next guy from you. And you had conditions on it that the next guy from you didn't have. And the next guy didn't get it. You know, the winner was that much more. So uh, here's the thing, folks. If you are entering into a multiple offer situation, um, right now, there is virtually no hope that you will get a second chance. And this is the reason why the strategy is to put your best foot forward. And what we often say to people is, what's your line in the sand? It's guesswork, by the way. It is guesswork. We don't know what the number is going to be. The seller doesn't know what the number is going to be. The listing agent doesn't know what the number is going to be. So it is highly, it's, 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 it's a lot. There's no formula. I wish I could tell you that there was an exact formula. By the way, I have one, but we're not going to share that right now. There is no scientific formula. Um, however, what's your line in the sand? At what point would you be comfortable saying, you know what? a million dollars is the most I was going to pay. If somebody beats me by a $5,000 or $500, I don't care. Cause I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay that much more. That's your line in the sand. It's a very different story than what happens sometimes when, when sell, when buyers go, Oh my goodness, really a million five took it. I would have paid that. Well, why didn't you put that? That's your line in the sand, right? You can't move the line in the sand after the the party is over right what is your line in the sand and uh make that offer now of course you know people think well but what what if my bid wins and what if i'm like a hundred thousand dollars more than the next guy well you know folks that is 
really what happens nowadays, you know, truly, right? You will never know, by the way, the, uh, the other offers are never made public. Um, now, some people say that's not fair. I mean, it's not transparent. In Australia, you know, people are in the front yard and they have an, auction, an actual auctioneer and you can see the whites of the eyes of your competitors, including maybe the guy who's going to, you know, snatch your dream home from, from uh, uh, beneath you. Uh, and some people think, well, that auction process way more transparent and, you know, you only win by a little bit instead of 100,000. Well, I got to tell you, I posted on social media a couple of weeks ago a story from realtors, my colleagues in Australia, and they're saying, you know what? It's not a dream world here either, right? There's pros and cons to both systems. Uh, let's face it though, you know, the sellers are in control in the seller's market. Sellers love the blind bidding process. I know buyers don't. I get it, folks. I represent both buyers and sellers. I, I, I understand, right? But again, I just want to uh, uh, wrap up by just saying, do not expect a counter offer from a seller. Do not, because the seller will likely just go with the best offer, which may be head and shoulders above not only your offer, but even the first runner up. If you have any questions, guys, always give us a call 250-414-6540 or find me the primeteam.ca. We need to take a break here right now. When we come back, we'll be having a chat with international lawyer and cross-border specialist, Lauren Cohen. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. So the real estate market has been busy, not just here in Greater Victoria, but all over Canada, also in the States as well, too. And for a lot of people, what it's meant is that the equity in their principal residence has grown a lot, as much as 20% over last year, in some cases here in Greater Victoria. And in any event, it's been a lot. It's been a lot more than people have expected. And a lot of people right now are taking the equity out of their homes and they're helping their kids, helping their family, paying off debts, so many things you can do. But one of the things that people are often asking about is investing. Now, of course, you can invest in properties locally here in town. We had a lot of people asking about rental condos, short-term vacation rentals, uh, multi-units, all of these things. But there's other places out there as well, too. And I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. Our guest is Laura Cohen. She's an international lawyer. She's a realtor. And she's a cross-border expert, an international lawyer and cross-border expert. She is a sought-after speaker. She's a globally acclaimed legal and a real estate business advisor. Uh, she is an author. She has a podcast. There's so much to know about her. And I just want to get right in to welcoming Lauren to our program. Lauren, thanks for coming this week. Thanks, Tony. It feels like we were just talking earlier today. And okay. guess what? We were. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> we're yeah. like BFFs already. It doesn't take long for us Canadians to connect, does it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I, 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 that's an important thing to point out here because you, I'm talking to you right now. You are in Florida. You're in Boca Raton, right? I am in Boca Raton, Florida, but I am from that city, just a little bit to the east of you, yeah. uh, Toronto. Toronto. Just a small little town, you know? Yes. When yes. it's been on lockdown for how many? 364 or something of the past 400 days or some crazy number. I think they're finally going into, or they're into phase one now of, of uh, opening up. Thank our goodness. Poor, our poor friends in the east. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you know what? Mm -hmm. our, our program here in, in Victoria is listened to a lot of ex 
Torontonians, expats, you know. Uh, <laughs> Smart people that moved west <laughs> well, got some sunshine in their lives. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you know what? It's this is uh, this is the uh, one of the appeals of Victoria. Like people, mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of I don't know. I guess it's like the Florida of Canada. Right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So and beautiful, um, beautiful. Oh my goodness! I remember I've only been there once, but wow. Yeah. indelible memories for sure we'll, we'll get you back we'll get you but now you sure. and i met online it sounds funny when we say that nowadays <laughs> yeah on a dating site not <laughs> yeah so we, funny. we were both uh participating in a real estate conference uh which was delivered by zoom because that's what we're yes, doing nowadays of course yeah and we it was a western canadian version of a very popular real estate uh, uh, uh series in ontario put on by a friend of ours uh, virginia yes. munden um, yes. who's with rolla page in toronto in oakville uh, and you, uh, you were one of the keynote speakers, uh, and also one of the sponsors of the uh, of the event. And I got to say, I I, I was blown away. I'm like, wow! I got to get Lauren onto our little uh, local Victoria uh, program here, and uh, and and here you are. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, and uh, I I love when people say they were blown away, because you just never know what to expect. You hear, well, what the heck is a cross border lawyer? Yeah, and it sounds really boring, right? When you think about it, like you're going to hear some lawyer speak, doesn't sound like something that's going to get you enticed or laughing. But yeah. I remember I told my story about how I came into what I'm doing yeah. and, and people's eyes were raised or eyebrows were raised like her husband was deported on the way back from your honeymoon. That's you don't right. hear that every day. Yeah. So that 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 is a, that is a great story because that because so. I, that was one of my first questions I was going to ask you is mm -hmm. what brought you down to Florida just for our listeners to hear? Cause you know, wh wh why aren't you still in Toronto? You know why uh, you're an American citizen now too, right? I'm dual. 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 I yes. should ever give up my Canadian citizenship. It will never happen, but yes, oh. I'm dual. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so honestly, Tony, I didn't do that as much for, I did it because I have, my son was two when I became an American citizen and I just didn't want to ever have a challenge with my green card yeah. and him being here. And it just, I just felt it was a necessary step as opposed to um, uh, like an immigration decision. It was more of just a, a, a lifestyle decision, I think. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, but you maintain your practice. So now yes. you, you are a lawyer and we have a, a fantastic real estate lawyer who's a sponsor of our program here, Gurpreet, uh, from the Sitka Law Group. And of course, you know, to make sure there's no conflict, I, I had a chat with Gurpreet and she doesn't do any immigration law or any of these things. And, uh, you know, uh, lovely having you here. Um, but what is it that you do? So tell us about your clientele <laughs> and, and, and how you serve them. Sure. So what I do is mainly for Canadians, but not exclusively. I have a new British client as of two hours ago. Uh -huh. I work with people from all over the world that want to create a strategy to invest across borders. My podcast, as I think you know, is called Investing Across Borders. I invited you to be a guest on my podcast. So, uh -huh. you know, I teach people how to, this is my tagline, invest, live, work, and play across borders because I believe that everybody should have the opportunity to invest and live and work and play anywhere in the world. And it's amazing because I came up with that tagline not long before COVID started. I was on the marketer's cruise and a colleague of mine, who's actually from Calgary, we were sitting at a table coming up with different ideas and she's a marketing person and she said, how's this? And I'm like, oh, and I played with it a bit. And so that's my tagline. But the point is that it, this COVID has made it so apparent 
that the world is an oyster. And so what I do is work a lot with Canadians that want to expand their investment horizons and or portfolios and or businesses across borders, many of whom end up also getting visas so that they can run their business or investments in the US. It's not exclusively into the US, it's also into Canada. I am still a lawyer there mm -hmm. and I am actually of counsel to an immigration firm, but mainly it's inbound to the US and you know it can be to Italy, Honduras, Mexico, you name it. But essentially it's just giving people options and opening doors so that they can truly expand their horizons and invest beyond and across borders. Now, and so, you know, Sorry. the first thing that might come to people's minds is, I mean, do you, do you have to be affluent? Do you have to have a no. ton of money in order to do Goodness, that? no, no. And a lot of people think that even to get a visa, you don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, hugely successful. And for example, let's say that you own a home in Victoria mm -hmm. or Vancouver or Toronto, where the prices are astronomical, right? If you take a home equity line out on that house, you could probably get a couple of hundred thousand easily without even batting an eye based That's on your super equity low line. interest rates right now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you take that money and you leverage it and you invest into probably a few properties, depending on where in the U.S. Like in Ohio, you can buy a property for 30, 40,000. I just saw a listing today from a colleague of mine, a multifamily in Memphis for twenty eight thousand dollars. OK. Oh. Wow. Now it needs a little work, but I mean, <laughs> okay. think about it for 50 grand, you're out the door with a duplex that you're renting out. Yeah. So, so and, and that's, so that's the key there because the revenue that that thing will generate right. it would be, I mean, you can't get that kind of return never. on other types of investment. Right? That's right. Exactly. You're never going to match that. And uh -huh. the beauty is that you can do that over and over and over again. And there's really no minimum and no maximum and you can joint venture and you can do it individually. But the most important thing, Tony, is that you don't do it without a strategy and proper guidance because so many Canadians, unfortunately, just set up, they don't set up anything. They just say, oh, I'm gonna go and invest and they buy a property. And then guess what happens? Guess who takes your income when you bring uh, it back to Canada? Uh, you know who? CRA. Exactly, oh, yes. our best friend up there. Yeah. You know, so you have to really do it the right way. And a lot of people might, I have a business partner in Calgary. We did a little interview today because she worked with this very, very large American company, spent a lot of money and did a lot of investing in Ohio. And the investing went well, but what the company failed to do, and this was many years ago, I think in 2016, is they failed to pay attention to the fact that eventually when she, cause she's still a Canadian resident, when she takes the money back, it's gonna be a problem. And so she ended up paying a lot of her hard, hard earned revenue and income to the CRA. So the key is that you have to set it up set up a structure properly from the get-go. Oh, my goodness. Well, so um, hold that thought, Lauren, because it's time for a break here right yep. now. We're, we're having a chat right now with Lauren Cohen. She's a international lawyer and a cross-border expert uh, calling in right now from Boca Raton, Florida. Um, but we're talking about investing and other opportunities uh, for us local Victorians out there. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, 
J.P. Sellers, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information and mine as well by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows and there you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. As a reminder too, if you're a podcast listener, you can listen to any of our over 200 episodes on iTunes or Google Play. Just search for The Whole Home Show uh, with Tony Joe, and all of our episodes for the past four years are there. Uh, I have actually heard from uh, pe- listeners this week who listened to an episode, I think two and a half years ago, and called me asking for uh, advice on appraisal. So I-, I love the fact that you guys listen, and it's always great uh, hearing from our listeners here as well, too. I want to get back to our conversation right now. We're chatting. We're well across North America uh, to Boca mm-hmm. Raton, Florida with Lauren Cohen who is a international um, uh, lawyer and a cross-border expert. Lauren, again, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me and accommodating my moving target schedule, which oh, is always this is, fun. Well, this is the best thing about uh, doing Zoom now. Zoom, is, is, yes, right. Yes. Don't want to have to worry about missing a flight. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so before the break, we were talking about, because my question to you, and, and this is something that people ask is, well, if I'm interested in investing cross-border, uh, do I need to be affluent? Do I need to have a lot of money? You said, uh, uh, have a plan. We'll get to that, right? Mm-hmm. But then you were also talking about buying properties in Ohio for... 40,000, 50,000. You see, that's that's just mind-blowing because here in Victoria, it's a million dollars just off Easy. the bat. Right. right. No no question. Same in Toronto. No question. You can't even touch anything in, okay. in the middle of nowhere for uh, under a million. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oshawa. And it's nowadays, uh, right? <laughs> even now, Oshawa is crazy. Yes. I mean, Barrie is crazy. But yeah. the, the fact is, like, it's not just Ohio. It's all over now, not in South Florida. In, okay. in South Florida, we're having the same crazy boom. Okay. And I've never seen the market like it is now in South Florida. Mm-hmm. But um, there are many, many pockets, especially in middle in middle America or kind of mid-range towns yeah. where there, there are opportunities and then there's tax deeds and then there's subject tos and there's all kinds of ways of strategizing and accomplishing your goals. And then there's joint venture opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, the key is that you have to work with somebody that has access to financing and to, and to deals and somebody that understands the local market. And it's really important that you don't just kind of haphazardly go about this and say, oh, I want to invest in uh, Las Vegas, but you've never even been to Las Vegas. You don't know anybody in Las Vegas. You don't even have a property management company. Turnkey is great. Now, turnkey isn't going to work if you're looking for a visa because you have to be an active investor. Okay. So it's really important that from the beginning, we look at what your short and long-term goals are because we have to plan toward them And if we don't, we may have to do some fancy dancing and fix things around later, which does happen. I have a client. um, He actually came to me through a Vancouver referral, even though he's in Ontario. And the first time we spoke, he said, okay, I'm ready to start investing. It's a pretty major investor in Ontario. And he said, I don't want a visa. Okay. A week later, one week later, he called me, goes, I want a visa. It's just silly not to get a visa. I'm like, okay, it's a good thing that we didn't start the process. He was a hundred percent certain no visas in my future. Okay. okay. So, so so let's talk about this because you know, people are familiar with like work visas, right? 
Right. Um, so tell us, because uh, you, you mentioned invest, investor visas. So, investor visas, yes. So tell us about that. Sure. What does it enable someone to do? Sure. So there's a, several different visas available, especially to Canadians. But the most common one is called the E2 investor visa. The E2 is a treaty-based visa. It's based on a substantial investment in a non-marginal business. Now, substantiality of the investment is based on the type of type of industry or the industry. In real estate, substantiality is going to be a lot higher than in a service industry, right? Okay. Why? Because you're getting a tangible asset. So for many years and many, many lawyers even still don't think that you can get an E2 through real estate investment because real estate investment is generally passive or active. Which one, Tony? Why, why do people invest oh, in real estate? Yeah, it's pa passive. passive, absolutely passive income. Yeah. That's not going to work. If you're doing a pa if you're doing flipping, unless yeah. you're flipping 40 homes, you know, whatever, if you're flipping or doing a REIT or a, a syndicate or something like that, that's not going to work. What is going to work is when you're doing buy and hold, when you're doing rentals, when you're doing commercial, when you're doing mobile home parks, when you actually have a business that you need boots on the ground because the visa is based on you needing to be there to direct and manage the enterprise. Uh -huh. So why do you need to be there if it's passive? So the whole thing about virtual flipping and virtual wholesaling, that's never going to get you a visa. Uh -huh. So it, it, it's all about, again, looking at this as a business versus a passive investor that's getting some, some passive income. Yeah. And if you, we, once we flip, <laughs> there you go, flip <laughs> the thought process, we start realizing that there's an opportunity and it's not about buying one or two or three single family homes unless you're airbnb them in multiple units and so on. It's about buying multiple units that require and command that you actually hire a team to manage and direct the, the business with you. So a true business. A true, it has to be a true business or you won't get a visa. Okay. You'll be able to invest, but you're not going to be able to come to the U.S. as freely, and you're not going to be able to potentially draw a salary or get a, um, a social security number or build your credit or all of the things that are attached to the visa. Yeah. So lots of benefits to have in this visa. Correct. Yeah. What's that process like? So what's the process to get one? So let's talk about outside of COVID because COVID yeah. has changed yeah. everything. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. and we're getting back to normal. And as a matter of fact, my cross-border... I'm not going to say who. One of my close colleagues yeah. just got his visa approved last Wednesday in Toronto. Wow. So it's happening. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, but the process is we, let's say we have a business in place and a lot of my investors, even real estate investors, choose to buy a property management company or a similar type of company because it's a quicker path mm -hmm. to a visa. And it will also allow them to add the properties, the, the purchases to their visa. So it matches, right? But it's just a quicker and easier answer because you don't have to show why, how many people are running the real estate investment process and so on. So let's say that they buy a franchise, they have to go through the process of have being vetted by the franchisor mm -hmm. and then them as the prospective franchisee vetting the franchise. So that usually takes about, let's say two months. So let's say we're at the point where we're ready to invest in the business, whatever the business may be, real estate, another business, a, a franchise, whatever. From that point until the time of application, it's usually around 
two months. It's about a month to get the business plan done and another few weeks for the petition. The longest process is usually waiting for the interview. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can get the whole thing done within the span of three months. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, it, it, that, so, so that, that sounds quicker than Canada. Is it the same going the other way? No. Okay. I didn't think so. No. I didn't think so. All right. No. But one thing to bear in mind, and this is really important, especially for Canadians, because usually, again, outside of COVID, usually it's easily, a tra you know, you can travel across the border with yeah. ease. You know, you drive where you are. It's easy. Maybe take a ferry and then you drive and whatever. But, but um, from other countries, it's not as easy. But the fact is that between Canada and the U.S., the ease of transverse is so, is so, um, simple that you don't necessarily have to want to or desire to or plan to live in the U.S. The, this visa does not have a residency requirement attached to it. Mm -hmm. So you can have the visa and it's like an insurance policy in your pocket that gives you freedom and flexibility of movement. And it's a beautiful thing. Think about it, especially on the other side, south of the U.S. border, for Mexicans who also have access to this visa, it's an amazing opportunity. They're not facing the same issues as Canadians. They're facing kidnapping, yeah, you know, yeah. crime, right? Okay, Canadians yeah. are facing lockdown. That's yes. the biggest challenge, right? Yeah. They're, not, they're not really in the same situation. But for Mexicans and now a lot of South Americans with all the political strife that's going on, yeah. they get these visas to have the, the opportunity and flexibility. And now with COVID, it's really shown everybody how important it is to have options. Yeah. So you ask about affluence, and it's, you know, it could be a quarter million to half million investment if it's in real estate, but that's relatively not that much to invest. And it's as little as a hundred thousand or maybe even less if you're investing in a business or a franchise. Fantastic. Well, that's hey, look. Listen, Lauren, hold, hold on, because we're, we're, again, we're at our next Sorry. break here. We're chatting with Lauren Cohen. She is a uh, international lawyer and cross-border expert. By the way, Lauren, if um, people want to find you, what's the best website for them uh, to get to? Well, my podcast website is actually the easiest. It's laurenesq.com, L-A-U-R-E-N-E-S-Q.com. But imagine this, Tony, they can also go to Real Estate Across Borders. So that's one of my websites to real Perfect. estate across borders. And I'm going to post that on our CFAX uh, website, but awesome. we're going to take our, our last break for the day. When we okay, come back, cool. we'll be picking up this conversation with Lauren. Thank Cohen. you. Back in just a moment. This is the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the whole home show and I'm Tony Joe getting really enthused thinking about opportunities <laughs> outside of Canada. Uh, now, listen, there are also opportunities in Canada. Of and, course. And our guest today is Lauren Cohen. She is a lawyer both in the U.S. and also in Canada. You help people go in both ways. I do. Right? Yeah. Um, now, listen, I, I got to tell you, Lauren, we sort of talked about this earlier today. There's uh -huh. a lot, there is a lot of, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of local and sort of regional feeling of, oh, all these foreigners, they're pushing, you know, prices and they're uh -huh. all coming into, you know, Greater Victoria and, well, I got to tell you, I mean, I've said this on my show many times. Uh, it's COVID. It's 15 months into COVID right now. The uh, borders have been closed. We uh, don't have international people uh, buying easily right now. And prices are still going up. So it's actually the locals that are doing this. Right? <laughs> our our right. foreign buyers right now truly are the Ontarioans. And, <laughs> Those right? terrible people from Ontario. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, I mean, 
let's face it though. I mean, it's a beautiful region. There will always be people from outside the country that are interested. But yes. today's focus with you, we're talking about having some of our listeners maybe think about what they could do to diversify their portfolio. I mean, they've probably got their, you know, stocks and bonds and investments, right. and they probably have an investment property or two, you know, either here in Victoria or elsewhere and, you know, Western Canada, even in Toronto. Um, but let's talk about looking into other areas like mm. our neighbors to the South. Right. Um, because yeah, the, the, the real estate values, there's a, there's a huge, span you know from oh, yeah. uh, uh it's my buddy in detroit is always talking about oh yeah the crazy uh, the, numbers there crazy numbers crazy and, yeah and, and then all the way santa up barbara to, yeah santa barbara there we go that's insanity <laughs> yes that's yeah. uh, it's more insane than toronto even oh yes High, mm-hmm. some of the highest in the world right mm-hmm. yeah okay so we've already established the fact that you don't need you know we're, we're not necessarily talking about being a big time investor here no but, but there is a process now you talked at the very beginning about having a plan what's the, what's mm-hmm. the best approach for someone who's thinking about doing this what what are their first steps with a plan obviously talking to someone like you call me yes okay yes well i'm gonna share a gift with you tony to put in the show notes okay um that's um um a real estate investing across borders i think you may have downloaded it from the buzz conference i did i have yeah. it it's fantastic but i will thank share you. it yep oh, thank you so It's really, um, there's eight elements outlined in that book that are part of a successful cross-border investing strategy. And um, my signature program is called Immigrate Through Real Estate, which is another of my websites, Immigrate Through Real Estate. And I created um, a program or a system called 10 Steps to Immigrate Through Real Estate. And really, if you follow these steps, and the first then your, your plan is in place. Like these 10 steps are part of the plan, okay? Mm-hmm. So when you come in and start working with me, the first thing that we do is we look at your, again, short and long-term goals. Is there a visa in your future? Do you have children? What are you, you know, what's your timeline? Do you want to join venture with anybody? How much cash do you have? All of these elements. And the most important part of that whole process is what type of structure do you need, not want, because what you want and what you need are probably two different things. Mm-hmm. If you're staying in Canada, it's going to be a different structure than if you're planning to move to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because you aren't going to, if, especially if once you become a U.S. taxpayer. Yeah. So you need to look at those things from the get-go and make sure that you're working with cross-border experts, not just U.S. or Canadian or any singular expert, but experts that understand both sides. Like I don't work with any tax people that aren't licensed or, or um, exactly. They have to be because you have to look at that picture for my clients. Mm -hmm. You know, I just sent a a, a starting point to a a British client. Now that's not going to be the same cross border. It's going to be a cross pond guy, but Mm -hmm. you have to have somebody that understands the rules and regs on both sides are there tax treaties is there so when i talk about a strategy or a plan what i'm saying is way too many people just haphazardly start investing without that plan and then they have to play catch up or do some fancy dancing later to figure out well what did i do and how do i avoid this double taxation 
because they well, set okay. up a limited liability company. OMG. Yeah. So I actually I do want to talk about this because you have you have spurned my memory. It, it doesn't happen a lot. And in my 30 years, I can think about a, a, a American investor right now who bought me, I think maybe about 20 years ago. And it was one of those spur of the moment. It's kind of like, oh, this is a lovely town. And why don't we just buy a property here? And, you know, so easy. And, and you know, we'll have an investment or whatever. And it did end up being uh, complicated. Like when they sold, it wasn't as attractive uh, uh, a, a, a result as they had as they had hoped, mm, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, and what you're seeing kind of rings home for me right now is because they didn't have a plan. They just yeah. it, it was like oh, you know, you get wooed by you know when you're traveling somewhere, and then yep, there you are, right? Look where I am in Florida. It happens <laughs> every single day, yeah. and it happens to people from all over the world. Um, but like for Canadians, most Canadians think or hear that they should set up an LLC, a limited liability company to own property in the U.S. Uh-huh. And that is the most common way that Americans own property through entities. But LLCs are not recognized in Canada. So it creates a huge problem and an issue for double taxation. And nobody talks about that. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, what you don't know will hurt you. Okay, let's talk about double taxation, because I'm sure listeners are going, what is this? Um, Talk about about what this could potentially look like. So I am not a tax expert at all. I have a couple of amazing tax experts on my team. Mm -hmm. What I am is a great team player and a great referrer. Yes. What I know is that nobody wants to pay tax in the U.S. and Canada for the same thing. Yes. That's double taxation. Yes. Now, there's double taxation, and then there's tax where you pay a tax in the U.S., and then that tax is credited towards your tax liability in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's the way you want to do it, so you're not paying double taxation on the same thing. Yes. Okay? But this is where the tax person comes in. Yep. Not me. Yeah. And if I ever start telling you any yeah. kind of tax advice, <laughs> make sure you go to the next person and don't work with me because obviously I'm delirious. That's very lawyerly of you. Good, Thank you. good stuff. Good stuff. Thank um, you. I, I want to broach really quickly as well, too, because you know something that people might be thinking about is, well, all right, well, I got all this equity in my home. I like this idea about maybe you know buying some of these cash flowing properties in you know maybe de- more depressed areas where you know properties are cheaper or or or, or whatever. Uh, and one of the things that might come to mind is, can I go to my bank in Canada and set this up? No. Okay. So that- you're, yeah. The there it doesn't mean that there aren't lawyers in Canada that are U.S. barred or accountants that can set up your entities, but your Canadian bank cannot. So, um, and and now your Canadian bank can give you a home equity line on your home there, then you can use those funds to invest here because they're not monitoring usually what you do with those home equity line funds as long as you're paying them back. Yeah. Um, but you're, again, it's leveraging. So you have the freedom to do what you want with that money. So with that being said, um, you know, the banks here, one of the challenges that a lot of people have is setting up a U.S. bank account. But once you have a U.S. entity, then you get what's called a tax ID, which is like the social security or social insurance number for the company. I don't think we have those in Canada. I don't remember ever knowing about that, that a company has its own tax ID, like a, a, 
you know, you have numbered companies, but they don't have a tax ID. I never, I mean, I wasn't, I was only a lawyer functioning as a lawyer in Canada for a few years. So I didn't really get into those details, but I think I would have known here. It's just like the, that, that entity's identification, just like a social insurance or a social security here. It's even a bigger deal. There is nothing that you do in this country, in America, that you're, last four digits of your social security number are not like critical. It's the be all and end all more so than there. Okay. So the tax ID is attached to your company. That tax ID then allows you to open a bank account yeah. at certain banks because some banks require domicile mm -hmm. or um, a, a physical location. So it just depends. Now I have virtual banks I have a couple of physical banks that are willing to work with foreign nationals. It's all about who you work with and who they know and yeah. what their sphere of I, influence is. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, I had heard somewhere as well too. It's not just a matter of a Canadian calling up a, you know, Ch Chase Bank or something and saying, no. hey, I want to open up an account because I'm thinking of buying no. a, a, a property, right? Good luck. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Call me after you buy the property and then we'll see. Yes. Yeah, oh, all these complications. And again, this is this is why people will get in touch with someone like you yes. to, to help them put this together, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm looking at that the, uh, you know, we just referred to the the package about um, building wealth by investing in real estate across borders, mm -hmm. uh, which you introduced to us at the, uh, at the seminar that, that yes. you and I met at. Some great stuff here. You know, you've got an investment checklist. You know, uh, think about property types, investing alone or with partners, how to purchase properties, immigration considerations, all this kind of stuff. And uh, the, um, now, is this this is something that we're going to be? Uh, yes, I will give you all the coupon or you the coupon code to share with your listeners. That's my my giveaway. I have two giveaways, and if somebody specifically wants one about business investing cross borders, I will be happy to share that as well. This one happens to be my very popular one because obviously my signature program is how to immigrate to real estate. So it's a big, a big part of my, of my um, business. Fantastic. Well, the other thing too, I, I want to just bring up is your podcast, which I've been going through. There's so much great stuff here, you know, from Vietnam to Canada. Yeah. Uh, oh, Quinn is awesome. She's in Calgary. She's absolutely unbelievable. That she she's a true story of rags to riches. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then um, creating systems to save time internationally. Oh yeah, Penny is wonderful. I mean, all of my podcast guests have been yeah. just super. Um, really, it's it's been a lot of fun. I wasn't sure about launching the podcast. It launched in November. Yep. I think I'm on episode forty something. And I've had very interesting guests on the show from ranging from who, this Mike Wolf, who's known as yeah. the richest homeless man in Canada, as we talked about earlier, yeah. to a major um, speaker influencers, like international name recognition, um, you name it. And it's been a lot of fun getting to know people on a different level. I've really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm going to post uh, the podcast link again on our sure. uh, on our page. Absolutely. And I, I just, you know, I can't believe it. We're out of time already. I mean, there's <laughs> so much to talk about. I, I thank you very much for coming. Oh, thank Lord. you, again, Tony. I, I'm so glad that we met. Me and too. There, there's so much value that you could have here for our listeners thank here. You. And, thank you. Um, uh, you know, something to consider. But, uh, you know, you. stay here in Victoria because we love living here. But let's do some investing elsewhere. Options. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. So, it's and been for a the pleasure. 
thanks for joining us. And for the rest of our listeners, we'll be here this time for you next week. <laughs>